Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fortress Comic News, episode 95. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my illustrious co-host. Wow. Wow. What are, you, are you, like, looking up a new word each week? Because that one, it's me, Mike. That, that, but that word, illustrious, wow. That's a good one. That might be my favorite one yet, I think. But today we have a special guest on the show, everybody. Um, we're going to, you know, do some light banter here and there about about probably stuff you don't care about besides the news. And then we have a writer slash artist of comics as well as uh, novels, the books, books without pictures. Uh, David Whalen will be on the show today. So uh, towards the middle of the show, we'll have a nice little interview with him and you learn about all his projects. So definitely check him out. So we're doing this show live. I've not been given notes and Chris is just going to run off the, the notes and I'm just going to live react, even though I, if I have heard of it or if I haven't heard of it. Um, yeah. So yeah. not much different than a normal show. <laughs> 95 episodes and I can't get this one right. That's It's fine. Hey, it's, as long as you as long as you don't mess up a hundred, we get it out of our system, and then once we get to triple digits, who knows if anyone will be around for that? I don't know. We might slowly be losing the fan base, probably with our light banter. I stopped looking at the fucking numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, real talk. Anyways, hey, All so right. what do we got? You going to start the list off? Movies, right? Let's start the list. We're going to start with TV. TV, okay. So, Swamp Thing, the show, it's a thing on DC Universe. Yes. They did some casting. Do you want to hear the casting? Yeah. Uh, so, I guess, for anybody that doesn't know, when we first talked about the Swamp Thing TV show, my reaction was kind of mundane because of uh, I thought it was just a cartoon. It is, in fact, not a cartoon. It is going to be a dude running around in a rubber suit. <laughs> it's going to be a live-action show. Thank God. Uh, um, yeah, and James Wan is one of the executive producers. I feel like I didn't know that either. So James Wan was like, I'm so excited about Aquaman. Yeah, I'm going to throw a bunch of money at this Swamp Thing TV show. <laughs> They're like, can we get you to buy anything else? No, I'm okay. That's it. <laughs> He's going down with the ship. <laughs> oh, man. James Wan, Aquaman jokes. Great stuff. Okay, give me the casting. What do we, what do we got here? All right, so we got ourselves an Alec Holland. It's Andy oh, yeah. Bean. Andy Bean. Andy Bean. Andy uh, Bean is known for his, uh, he's on the show uh, Power, right? Yep. On Stars. He's going to be in It Chapter 2. Yep. Um, Transformers last night, he played a lawyer. So if anybody really liked the lawyer in the new Transformers movie. That's your Swamp Thing. That's your Alec Holland. We do have a Swamp Thing, too. Who's the Swamp Thing? Swamp Thing is being voiced by Derek Mears. And Derek Mears is a guy who played uh, Jason. Ah. The newest Friday the 13th. The, the masterpiece. So, so he hid behind a mask and did not speak. Now he's doing voiceover work. <laughs> yeah, he's doing voiceover work. Good for him. Uh, do we have an Abby Arcane? Do we have one of those yet? Uh, we do. Will Patton. Will Patton. I, I recognize Will Patton because Will Patton. Oh, no, nope, that's, that's a not the guy. Avery Sutherland, Sunderland. Oh, Abby Arcane. Yeah. Okay. So how do you recognize Will Patton? He's one of the main guys. Yeah. Uh, Will Patton, I thought was somebody who he's not. So I don't recognize Will Patton. Uh, but... Well, he was in the Punisher um, Punisher movie. Remember that Punisher movie with, uh, with uh, um, John Travolta? Yes. Yeah, so. I actually enjoy that Punisher movie more than most people do. I really did. I watched it a lot of times. It was one of my favorite movies. Anyways, moving on. Abby Arcane. Crystal Reed. Ah, she's from Teen Wolf and Gotham. Oh, wow. Looks like, you know, <laughs> Warner Brothers real digging deep for these castings because yes. I noticed that uh, Swamp Thing, he was on Flash already. And... So so yeah, Swamp, Swamp Thing, like, I, I think it's a cool idea for a show. I, I think it's cool to yeah. do kind of a old school horror man in a rubber suit running around kind yeah. of show. Uh, it shouldn't be like a superhero or super flashy show. Right. So I'm down to try it out. I 
we'll talk a little bit about more of it later, but we both were pleasantly surprised by Titans. So, yeah, yeah, I'm down to check it out. Oh man, he's going to talk about Titans. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. What else do you got on the list for me? That was that was pretty good news. So we're going to do things a lot of order here Uh-oh. because I need to. We're going to talk about The Walking Dead's most recent episode first. Okay. So Walking Dead, we left off last week with... Hold Brett. on, I got this. I got it. Previously on The Walking Dead. Okay, go ahead. There we go. So yeah, so, <laughs> so Rick got stabbed through the stomach with a rebar and we thought that's how he's going to die. <laughs> well, we have his last episode. He gets himself out of the rebar onto the horse and starts traveling and He's able to kind of get away from the hordes at certain points, and this is where he, he passes out and he has flashbacks, so he he meets with previous characters that were in the show to give him like words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because it was uh, you know, major characters throughout the series. Who, Does Shane come back? Shane comes back. Um, wow, that's actually really cool, man. Yeah, and it's really cool because they're sitting at the in the cop car, uh, where they were at the, the first episode of the show. Uh, looking at mm-hmm. the car that crashed over and kind of eating cheeseburgers and just mm-hmm. chatting. And there's like, there's some cool moments where Rick's just like, you know, I fucked up on how I handled everything. And uh, they make jokes about, um, you know, Rick, Rick's daughter and uh, how like he mm-hmm. has Shane's nose or she has Shane's nose and all this stuff. So there's some cool little moments there. It's really just a giant send off to Rick. Um, yeah. It, it ends up that. Rick gets the horde to go to the bridge that they've been building for five episodes now or whatever it's been and blows mm-hmm. it up. And they all start slowly pouring into the river. Now, when this happens, everyone sees Rick blow up with them. So Rick falls into the river too and travels off. Now I'm terrible with names. So I apologize. Remember the, the woman that was in the junkyard? Oh yeah. The one with the helicopter. Yes. Yeah. So we end the episode with her, she's about to meet up with the helicopter. She sees Rick. So she goes and saves Rick's life by grabbing him and putting him in the helicopter and they fly away. So Rick is not dead, but he is no longer with the crew. Uh, that is the bo- <laughs> She's pulling up away to go to the big screen. <laughs> so real quick, oh, real quick after that, there's a few moments with different people in the, um, the camp uh, Maggie has a great moment with Negan. Maggie goes down to meet with Negan during the episode and is going to kill him and realizes mm. that his imprisonment was actually way worse than death because he's begging her to kill her. Yeah. So that was a really great moment because she kind of realized like Rick was right all along that we don't need to just kill each other, that we can do things different ways and punish people in more humane ways and more civilized ways. Mm-hmm. And then after, uh, the ending I talked about, there's a flash forward years in the future where Rick's daughter is grown up and hmm. you see her kind of save a couple of uh, strangers from a small group of zombies, uh, get them away and put on Rick's sheriff's hat. So hinting that we're going to have some sort of time jump uh, hmm. from this episode to the next episode. Uh Really great episode. I mean, it was a huge send off. And to jump back into the news, it was announced right after the show that uh, AMC is now producing a trilogy of Walking Dead movies starring Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes. Oh, man, they're really just milking it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And that's not the only movie they announced this week. I don't know. Did you hear about the other one? I did not. They're doing a Breaking Bad movie. I did hear about that one. That's right. Where they follow uh, Aaron, Aaron, um, Aaron's character uh, Jesse after the after the end of the the show. Which I don't really. I mean, we had a Breaking Bad movie. We also had a Walking Dead movie. It was like you know twenty four movies for like eight seasons. <laughs> you know. I mean, a movie is just what? It's like two and a half episodes of the show. I don't. It's such a cash grab. So I really, I don't know. I really hope that the the making of these properties go like they really put their heart into it. That it's not just a cash grab. Yeah, the uh, the Breaking Bad one feels like cash grab, and Aaron Paul needs yeah. something to do because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the voiceover work he does for BoJack, although awesome. Yeah, 
isn't really doing it for him. But right. as far as the Walking Dead one, I, like it does feel like a cash grab at moments, but I like it because it takes it allows the show to go in a different direction and not be mm-hmm. quite as predictable. And at the same time, we don't lose Rick. Rick is going somewhere else, and who knows where he's going. Yeah. Um, they said that he's not coming back to the show at any point. I mean, you can't predict the future, so maybe it'll happen someday, but I seriously doubt it. They also didn't really specify whether these movies are theatrical releases or you know, TV movies. Uh, yeah. So I'm interested to find out that, too. But production is supposed to start next year, so... We'll see. Uh, it, it feels more to me that AMC wants to kind of go the path of HBO, where HBO has always had their series, and then they turn into movies when they're quote mm-hmm. finished. And in this case, I think it was this is the ending they wanted for Rick, and they can also you know kind of get some movies out of them too. I hope they're good, but I just I always felt like doing a Walking Dead movie kind of went against what the Walking Dead is. Yeah, exactly. But that's just me. All right. Nice. So, yeah. we do have some movie news. Oh. And to be super awesome for this episode, I'm going to keep vamping because I need to look it up. So, you know, you know, you know that movie Hellboy? Yeah. Yeah, some stuff happened with that. The one without Ron Perlman playing Hellboy. Yeah. But with the makeup on, looks just like Ron Perlman. Can you bet? So, oh, but I remember he has a giant sword in this one, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so they finally announced that they're going to have a Lobster Johnson, which I believe you wanted not, what, I, two weeks ago? I said that. So let me let me put this. I was in the comic shop with Chris about two weeks ago, and and we had, I think the Hellboy movie or the Hellboy movie poster just dropped. We talked about it on the show. Yeah. The show, but I, believe, I did say to you in real life, and I said, the only way you're going to get my attention for a Hellboy movie is if you put Lobster Johnson in it. <laughs> well, guess what, kids? So they have cast a Mr. Thomas Hayden Church. Does that name oh. sound familiar to you at all? No. Should it? Well, if you remember the Marvel Cinematic Masterpiece, Spider-Man 3. Oh, one of the 20 villains in that movie was Sandman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thomas Hayden Church played Sandman. So that's who's yeah. going to play him. Good for him. Which, to be fair, I am joking about Spider-Man 3 here. To be fair, he was the best part of Spider-Man 3. Like, Sandman was spot on in that movie, in my opinion. So yeah, that was a good Sandman. I'll give him credit there. Uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know much about Lobster Johnson, so... They could do whatever, and I listen. All I know is it's not Sam Raimi's fault they forced him to make a third movie. Okay, he just does what he's told. <laughs> Didn't he want to make a fourth movie? Wasn't that a thing? I don't know. Pretty sure he does. This is coming. This is coming from the guy who made a trilogy where the first two movies were like like reboots of each other. <laughs> I'm not. I love Sam Raimi. Please believe me, everybody. I Sam Raimi is one of my favorite directors. Like top top three, I think. But yeah, yeah I mean, and, and that, can we just forget about Spider Man three? I mean, like, I understand. I I enjoyed it when I watched it. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say, and I'll let it be done. Memes aside, no more <laughs> memes, no more evil Spider Man. I know what you're thinking of. Please don't so, talk about memes. <laughs> it's over. So yeah, Sam Nick Raimi, like, okay, Evil Dead. That's one of those horror movies I absolutely love. Evil Dead two, even better. Yeah. And then no. Army of Darkness is like one of my favorite movies, even though it has no right being an Evil Dead movie because it's not a horror no. movie at all. Right. <laughs> and then Sam Raimi decides later on, like, I'm going to remake Evil Dead again, except I'm not going to do it yeah. with somebody else. Never saw it. And now he wants to do it again. It's just, can we calm down, Raimi? Like, <laughs> yeah. I will Ash vs. Evil Dead is one of my favorite TV shows, though. That was really good. I do need to get into that, although it's... Anyways, long story short, they cast Lobster Johnson, so... I will be there opening night for that movie. So. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was no Flash episode this week? There was not, because uh, we voted. And we voted that we don't want to see any Flash. That's what we voted for, right? No, we 
it was a whole thing with America, I think. I don't know. Oh, I thought we were voting against Gorilla Grodd. Okay. Well, I oh, did. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> hey, you write in whatever you want on the ballot, man. <laughs> I don't judge. I did get a chance to check out the first episode of Titans. So, okay. Mike talked a little bit about that. I was very pleasantly surprised. Yes. Um, I agree with everything you said. I really liked it. My only negative to the show is my criticism of Starfire from the beginning, where I thought she was like Starfire is just different in my eyes. Like I don't like mm. her look, and and maybe that'll change. I've heard stories of like her getting a better, a different costume later on, so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's something behind the fact that she doesn't. I don't think like she's obviously taken over the body of someone who she has no idea who she is. Like. Yeah, it, it's either that or it's like she doesn't know what happened before the event. I don't know. Something weird is like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think she realizes she's not from this planet yet. I don't. It's a mystery. We're gonna figure it out eventually, I think. But yeah, something about it didn't rub me the right way. But that was one minor complaint, and it was also like ten yeah. minutes of a fifty-minute episode. Uh, yeah. All the stuff with uh, Robin was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, how Robin and. Uh, well, Dick Grayson and um, Raven meet was really cool. Yep. And then, like you said, the ending with uh, Beast Boy. Yeah. Turning into a tiger and stealing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, video fantastic. games. Video games to be specific. <laughs> Xbox yeah. video games, too, would be yeah. specific. Even yeah. though he jumped, if you notice, he jumps in and he tears apart a PlayStation section. But then when yeah. he leaves, he has Xbox games. Yeah. So he has different powers. I think- I think, I think Warner Brothers is taking sides there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I want to go in and watch more of it, and I do suggest that people check it out. Yeah, for sure. I uh, Episode five or four and five, I still have to watch, which is Doom Patrol. And then episode five, they bring in uh, uh, Tim Drake. Like... They're not. They're not. They're bringing everyone in for this season. It's like, oh my god, what? How is this gonna? Yeah, it's crazy. I love it, and I love it. It's kind of a joke in DC, but I love how dark the show is. Yeah, like we already have kind of the the light comic version of Teen Titans, and that was the original cartoon. Then mm-hmm. we have a comedic version of Teen Titans, which is you know the Teen Titans Go. And mm-hmm. it's nice that the live action one is more of an adult and dark version. You know what I think? I'm not sure. I don't think they've announced this is going to go multiple seasons. The way this story is and how they're coming together, I would prefer them just do like one season of Titans and then they do one season of Swamp Thing. And then the next show is like one season of Animal Man. Like they just, every every year they do a different season of just a show. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't be upset if they just went one or two. Yep. Glad you liked it, though. So, speaking of uh, streaming services, mm-hmm. did you, the biggest news of them all, the hugest news of them all, Disney announced their streaming service officially this week. Yes. It is going to be called yep. Disney Plus. Yep. Now, everybody, I'm taking control of the show this week, so we are everywhere. So, strap in. Uh-oh. But okay, so Disney uh, Plus was announced. They announced a bunch of stuff to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that really affect us here is they kind of reiterated the fact that there's going to be these uh, series of limited series with Loki and Scarlet Witch, and then yep. uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yep. But the big new announcement for us was they are doing another live action Star Wars show. There's going to be a prequel to Rogue One. With the same characters? With uh, Cassian Andor. And he was the one that uh, found um, Jen Erso and had the, the sassy robot. Yeah, he's... Uh, um... Oh, so Alan Tudyk's going to be in it? They didn't say whether... K2 They didn't say whether K2 was going to be in it or not. I really hope oh, he is. And I would please. assume he is, because if it's a prequel of some sort... Then you have to at least come to a point where you meet up with K two. Dude, you know what's happening? Star Wars is turning into it's turning into superhero shows. Like pretty soon, you're only going to be picking like I can only watch this one Star Wars show this week because there's five Star Wars shows. Out. 
Yeah. Well, oh man, you wanted it, you got it. It's like, no, please, no more. <laughs> to be fair, though, I asked for it. Everybody told yeah. me, like, oh, you're getting sick of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm telling you all, I'm not going to get sick of Star, Star Wars. Wars. I'm so, yeah. so excited. Dude, it's like I, I kind of go in hibernation, and then when December rolls around, they're like, Star Wars is coming soon. And I'm like, yeah! You just get like, it like reignites the fire, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was the big one. Um, they talked a mm-hmm. little bit more about Mandalorians, which we talked about before. Everybody's um, favorite bounty hunter. Yeah, and then, you know, the other stuff that doesn't really... It's going to be big, but it doesn't really affect what we talk about. They're going to do a Monsters, Inc. TV show. They're going to bring back High School Musical. They're going to do um, Lady and a Tramp movie exclusive to the streaming service. A few other things. So they're bringing, calling in the big guns across multiple properties. So Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. You know, they could use the profit, I believe it. I, I, you know, I've seen those numbers kind of weak sauce, if you ask me. Yeah, I need another streaming service, you know. I could piss away another $10. <laughs> Talking to my friends, I'm like, you know, all these streaming services are going to add up. I might as well just pay for cable. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's going to end up costing me more than cable would have ever cost me back in the day. Uh, anyways. So, we have the awesome guest this week, David Whalen. We're going to take a quick break and go chat with him. See you on the other side. Hey guys, Chris here, interrupting the show real quick. Remember, if you want to show your support for Force Comic News, head on down to patreon.com slash News, where just a dollar a month gets you uh, access to our Slack channel, where we can talk comics all day and all night, and an exclusive Patreon podcast that we're uh, uploading very soon, a series of games that we play with all the great guests we have here on Force Comic News. You're going to get one of those every month. And just just a dollar a month gets it for you. So remember, that's the best way to show your support there and to help a growing community and to be a part of it with us. So everybody, thanks for your support and on with the show. And welcome back, everybody. Today we've got a special guest for you today, David Whalen, the writer, artist, pretty much everything for the book The Offspring and uh, head of Correct Handed Media or production, sorry. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, a little uh, technical difficulties, but we figured it out, huh? <laughs> I think Chris and I are slowly becoming like IT guys as well as, I mean, not your case, but we can't help for, for Apple products, but <laughs> we've got pretty good troubleshooting. Like, yeah. I, I Apple feel does like, a lot of good things, sometimes yeah. not so much. but they Yeah, do they, don't like, they don't like playing well with devices that they don't make. Is pretty yeah, much definitely. definitely not. <laughs> awesome. Welcome to the show, dude. So we, we usually like to start off with um, how, how you got into comics, why you wanted to write, draw a comic. You always liked comics, so a little bit of your origin story, if you don't mind. Yeah, all, all like many comic book uh, lovers, I, I loved comic books at an early age. Uh, um, any superheroes, I would snatch up and uh, and read as much as I possibly could. Um, as I got a little older, realized I was uh, pretty good at drawing. Yeah, and uh, realized as I as I wanted to start um, drawing comic books that if I really wanted to uh, get better at it, I probably should should start writing also. Um, so it's probably uh, halfway through college I realized um, that if I want to write my kind of stories or uh, draw my kind of stories, I should probably start writing also my kind of stories. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, it just kind of and it was really nice, too, because it cut out uh, a middleman um, that I didn't have to compromise my my stories or my vision or whatever it was. Um, but it also gave uh, there was a huge learning curve um, mm-hmm. to be able to know that I was. Um, not just saying, okay, I want this, this character to look this way or this scene to look this way. I actually had to write a narrative around it. Um, so it was um, difficult, but fun, uh, challenging, uh, but, it, but very rewarding in the, in the fact that I see a lot of artists constantly looking for writers and mm-hmm. writers constantly looking for artists. Um, and that's not really something that I have to do. If I find an artist or another writer that I want to work with, it works out great. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not something I have to do to be able to produce books, which is um, which is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Chris knows a little bit about looking for artists and how difficult that can be, right, Chris? It can be difficult, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun process. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, as an artist myself, I you know constantly see writers looking for artists, and uh, um, it's hard to find somebody to be 100% in on your concept when it's not their concept also. You, mm-hmm. you, know, you hope that people love it as much as you do, um, but if it's, uh, if it's an artist taking hours and hours and hours of their time, um, they, they, especially as an indie creator, they've, they've got to love it or it's going to go slow. For sure. Yeah. So, um, for you, are you drawing? Do you are you, are you drawing like storyboards first, or do you write a little bit first, or what usually comes first? A little bit of both. A little bit okay. of both. I've had um, uh, uh, the uh, the offspring, the story, the main story since mm-hmm. I was sixteen years old. Oh wow! Uh, and now I'm not sixteen years old. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you fooled us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, I've had the main story, obviously it's gone through changes and growth over the last years. Um, but, uh, um, I've had that story for the most part, uh, and the beginning and then the end. And what I've done over the last few years is really start to flesh it out, flesh out the characters, flesh out, um, why it is they're doing what they're doing and how I get to the end of the story, which I will eventually get to. But, uh, what I do, I usually start with a storyboard. Um, like a thumbnail of what I want the pages to look like. I might have a scene or I might have a uh, um, just even just a picture of something that I want to show um, one visual. And I try to wrap a, either a story around that um, or I'll have a place where I want a character to go or the mm-hmm. story to go or, or certain plot points that I know I want to hit in individual issues. Um, it really depends on what I'm trying to get done in that issue. Sometimes it's just characterization trying mm-hmm. to get, a character to to uh, um, to be fleshed a little bit more fleshed out, so people understand why they're doing the things that they're doing. Um, it's because sometimes I've had artists and writers um, have a character do something, uh, and I would ask as the artist, "Why is this character doing that?" And they say, "Because the story needs them to do it." Yeah, um, and that was <laughs> yeah. something that I wanted to make sure that I didn't do. I wanted to make sure that I knew if a character was doing something that was pushing a story forward, why did they make that decision? And yeah. why did they do? Uh, why did they do the dumb thing that they did, or the smart thing that they did, yeah. um, to be able to continue and push that story forward? It probably comes into play too if you're working with another artist. It's like if it's something difficult to draw, <laughs> you're like, yeah. do you really need 35 helicopters like <laughs> yeah. in this scene? Like I don't know. It really. Well, I've work done that to myself. I'm <laughs> yeah. Not, like yeah, this is gonna look awesome, and then I get there, I'm like, oh wait, maybe I need five helicopters. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you're. You're the one. You're the one that's you know you're arguing with yourself. Okay, maybe yeah. I can dial it back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. So let's let's talk about the offspring then. It's an idea you had for a while. Um, you could probably just give us the quick plot overview, the short Cliff Notes version. Yeah, it, um, it is um, to start off with three main characters uh, who grew up in an alternative school, um, mm-hmm. essentially an orphanage. Yep. Um, and they come to they came to the orphanage because they had some kind of trauma or some kind of dramatic thing happen in their lives. Um, and as they grow, they realize that trauma was the starting point of them developing superhuman abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And as, as they grow, their superhuman abilities grow and the trauma that they that they got those superhuman abilities from. Um, mm-hmm. just keeps, keeps getting worse and worse and worse for them. Um, mm-hmm. So as they get into, we meet them in their early 20s, uh, 20, 21 years old, a couple of characters. Yep. Um, they start to realize that it's not only their abilities growing, but their connection between each other mm-hmm. is growing also. As, uh, as their connection grows, they start to realize that there is an all-powerful force group of gods that mm-hmm. are they don't know this yet but are pushing yep. them forward we as the we as the reader knows it know it um but these all-powerful uh forces are pushing their for pushing them forward uh for for an ultimate goal that we do not know yet hmm. yeah it's uh it's definitely pretty interesting and it's um the the really dark <laughs> villain right that's uh, <laughs> kind of sacrificing people for immortality and like stealing children it's really dark but it also has the uh the superhero twist on it as well yeah. a major theme through through a lot of my work is children and family yeah um, really? and uh, and i do use uh, the children the orphanage uh that they grew up in that they end up working in mm-hmm. later on in their 20s uh, quite a lot um to help push the narrative forward of children and family and how uh, children's lives can be traumatized or helped um, mm-hmm. through whatever experiences they have um, when they're really young. Awesome. 
so cool. For the villain, and you can choose not to answer this if you don't want to, but for the villain, was there a purposeful re- uh, reason for like this kind of pseudo-Nazi imagery in there? Because I noticed he had an armband with the red and the uh, white circle, and then the flag was similar, just didn't have the swastika on it. Was yeah, that purposeful? I definitely wanted, yeah, I definitely wanted undertones yeah. of arguably the most evil group in the history of groups in the mm-hmm. world, right? Um, but I uh, later on uh, in the story, that circle, that white circle gets filled in um, mm-hmm. at the climactic uh, end of the first story arc in the last, in the fourth issue. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that white circle gets filled in with a, I don't want to give much away, but okay. <laughs> with, like with, a symbol, <laughs> with a symbol that'll push forward into the craziness of the last of the fourth issue of that story arc. Awesome. Yeah, Chris gets excited when he if there's like Nazis getting punched in the face. That's instantly his favorite book that week. So <laughs> anytime you can show Nazis getting punched in the face, I think it's, I think it's good. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I hope. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I grew up on Captain America stuff, so that image is. <laughs> Pretty well. That's funny. Yeah. I was just at Syracuse Comic Con and I was looking for the Captain America No More storyline. Uh-huh. And I found two issues of the oh, five wow. issue story arc. Um, yeah. So I'm still on the hunt. But yeah, Captain America is one of my favorites growing up also. That's always great when you go to a con. Like you're not, you're not really looking for an expensive book, just like something obscure that you don't see all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh man, I found this issue of like, you know, the zoo crew. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And it's only 25 cents. <laughs> yeah. I had the, the whole, uh, I, it was one of those storylines for me that I would take on to road trips, mm-hmm. uh, all five issues and I just destroyed them. So <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm sure my, my parents threw them away when they saw them in my room, you know, when I was 12 or 13 and, um, don't know what happened to them. But yeah, to, to, to get that storyline back, it's one of those ones that are really connected with me as a, as a kid. Yeah. Um, well, and, and made a love of Captain America. That's for me, like whenever I go to a con or a shop and I see the issue with Captain Nazi on it, <laughs> I immediately get it because I'm just like, nobody cares about this character except for me. And I'm pretty sure I have like every copy in existence yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah. So you're still collecting? Do you, do you have a collection? Um, I don't collect um, um, as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons I live up in upstate New York um, and there aren't any comic book shops around. Right. I think those comic book shops about an hour away. Uh, so uh, I get a lot of comics online, mm-hmm. uh, mainstream and, um, and, and the comics. Um, but for the most part, what I try to do is if I know I'm in a place where a comic book is, where a comic book store is, I'll go and I'll buy two or three trades. Um, I don't awesome. know if I bought an individual issue of a book in yeah. six or seven years, mm-hmm. um, but I'll buy trades to be able to keep up with the storylines and stuff like that, which becomes very very much difficult when you're raising two children and have a day job and all that stuff <laughs> yeah i'm sure it could, you got a little you know free time not not really but yeah. um yeah chris and i always talk about like reading trades as opposed to single issues just because i know i, I used to hang out with him like once a week in the comic shop and we talk about the issue every week mm-hmm. and now it's like okay we still get together once a week but it's i'm not sitting there like flipping through the book with everyone you know it's easier yeah. for me to read trades to keep keep up with stories so yeah, um you decided to go digital with your book too, though, right? You have digital and print. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was just for, for me. I, you know, I was, like I said, I, I bought books digitally um, mm-hmm. and it just makes sense to do both. Yeah. Um, I think that giving people the option if they want to do it digitally or print is just a, a better way to go, especially as an indie creator um, who isn't hitting um, a billion people. Um, yeah. Every time I put a book out, I'm hitting hundreds, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. fingers crossed hundreds yeah. um, as I'm doing it. So giving them more options, giving the people more options is always better than less. Awesome. So how many uh, issues do you have planned out total? Um, right four right, right now I'm on issue seven. Issue eight is being, uh, is being um, colored right now as okay. we speak. I actually, I was running a little bit behind, so I asked a, a colorist friend of mine um, to color it for me, which is uh, weird for me. I usually uh, handle everything myself yeah. um, at this point. Um, but she was kind enough to be able to help me out. Um, but uh, issue eight comes out hopefully next month. My plan is I've got it. Um, I've got like the next four years plan. Oh, wow. If it's 12 books, if it's 12 yeah. books a year, if uh-huh. that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got the next four years planned out. Um, there's definitely an end to the story. Uh, and, uh, um, and it's just a matter of, of how I get there. If I can, well, if I can 
consolidate some of the story a little bit to be able to maybe get there a little bit faster because I am an indie creator. I don't know how long I'll be able to keep that yeah. kind of stuff up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm going to try my hardest to make sure I tell the story, not just uh, quickly, but right. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So where can everybody pick these up? So uh, Amazon.com. Nice. Uh, print and digital. Uh, you yep. can pick it up on, uh, on uh, Comixology. Also, the first four issues okay. on Comixology. Um, along with the trade on Amazon and Comixology and also Comic Central, um, all eight issues oh. of Comic Central also. So I've got the trade cover, that bad boy right there. Nice. And nice. The, the scary hand, monster hands. Yeah, that's and awesome. So that's the, the cover of the trade. Um, and then each individual issue, if you're more of a, of a um, collecting completist and you want individual issues, they're up there also. Awesome. You like them Very floppies. Cool. Yeah. yeah, you gotta have yeah. both, you know. And uh, you just have to collect them all. And where's best for everyone to find you on the internet? Um, Facebook is is where I do my. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is where I do most of my posting at uh, at uh, Correct Handed Productions. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter um, at Handed Correct. Had to flip it there for Twitter. There, hand oh, at okay. Handed Correct. <laughs> and then also an individual for the Offspring is at uh, the Offspring Zero Zero. Uh, for Twitter, okay, awesome. I also can I plug one more thing, guys. I have a four yeah, issue, yeah, a couple of things. I have a four issue miniseries called Evolution Utero. Oh man, I didn't even know this is a surprise. All right, let's talk yeah, about this no. four issue yeah. series. It's it's the four issues are done. They're completed. They are uh, they're in trade uh, form right now. Uh, all four okay. issues and the first three issues are up on Amazon and Comics uh, Central, um, okay. and the fourth one is coming out right before Christmas. So let's talk and about the, that. The great thing about this one right here, the four individual issues, is that all four issues create one big picture, one oh, giant wow. poster. Yeah. Um, so I was trying something a little bit different from 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 my take as an indie creator. So uh, uh -huh. um, the four individual issues make one giant poster of uh, Evolution Utero, and this has oh. the same themes of children and and how parenting and having children changes you, um, oh. but it done in a really superhero exciting you way. Wow, that's awesome. Oh. That's news to me. I, I'm, we got more stuff to talk about. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can talk. I've got all day. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Are there are there any other projects uh, you you see yourself working on, or is this going to occupy most of your time? You think? I, I do have. I'm actually uh, 80 pages into a hundred page trade uh, for another company called The Loved Ones. Oh wow! Uh, and it is hopefully hopefully um, coming out uh, the beginning of next year, January. Very cool. I've been yeah. Nice. It's about a. Uh, uh, it's a that's been a labor of love. It's been like a year working on it, um, and it's uh, gonna be a good one. It's uh, um, monsters, so like uh, classic monsters, but with a twist. Oh, okay. So, so like yeah. old school monster movie style. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I go along with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I guess you are keeping busy then, huh? And I also have uh, um, not to plug too much. Sorry, guys. No, do it. Plug as much as you want. Plug You got a novel. Use all the time. It's yeah. great. Because I wrote a novel, it. The Last Ride to Tyburn. Okay, yeah, let's it's, talk about uh, that. It's pretty quick. Uh, it's a pretty quick read. It's a good. It's a good read, but it's uh, about two hundred pages, and it is a traditional western um, with a modern twist. Okay. So, The Last Ride to Tyburn. You can find all of it on Amazon under keywords my name Whalen, uh, awesome. and probably uh, correct handed under Whalen also. Cool. Yeah. Wow, I was. Awesome. That's like that was like. Buy so, one, get five free. That was, <laughs> I, I, I'm so excited that we got to, so really quick though, like writing a novel for you is, uh, is that a little more of a relief because you don't, you're like, oh man, I don't have to draw any of this. I could. <laughs> On some level. Yeah. The, the amount yeah. of stress that is relieved from not having to draw it, um, gets magnified from actually having to hold a story together for 200, 250, 300 pages. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. but no, that was a, that was a fun, it was my first attempt. Um, I think successfully attempted doing a, a western that kind of had it all um action and humor and uh drama um a good solid twist at the end i mm -hmm. think um cool. so it was uh it was something that took me again about a, a year and a half to be able to to complete on top of drawing oh, yeah. and writing other comic books yeah, um, yeah so it's, it's one of those things that, that i really wanted to do and i'm glad i did it i'm actually halfway through my next novel which is um which is a ghost story oh cool yes 
I love ghost stories. So. so that one might come out in the next 20 years. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll so see, we'll gotta, see how much gotta, I can sit at a computer. I got to hang out there just a little longer and maybe it'll see it come up. Awesome, David. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Yeah, we'd love to have you back on and get some more issues out. And you got a huge growing fan base. We'll talk about the rest of those issues. That sounds great. Thanks, dude. Thank you guys very much. back. Wow. What a great guy. Good stuff. Great interview. Hopefully get him back on here. He's doing a lot of stuff. We kind of wrapped it up at the end really quick there. Uh, But yeah, he's doing a lot of great stuff. So check him out. Amazon. Comicsology, it's all up there. Those New Yorkers were making some comics. Yeah, go go New York. Actually, not city. It's it's upstate Yuck. better than the city. Yuck. Um, Hey, quick before we talk about comics, uh, I just want to talk about something I discovered this week. Apparently, I've been living under a rock, but I saw a trailer for the movie that's out that came out Friday, Overlord. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for this movie, dude? Yeah, I want to see it. I almost went to it see it looks- Friday. It looks like if anyone has to see the trailer for Overlord, like just open up YouTube right now, type in Overlord. It is like Wolfenstein the game as a movie. I don't know. It's like World War II. Nazis are testing people, and it's like they're mo- mutant monster zombie people. And it's like it's got Nazis, it's got zombies, zombie. Uh, I don't know. And then it, it's like Chris, how have you have you not seen this movie yet? I was supposed to go Friday. Things came up. I was not able yeah. to. I plan on seeing it this week. Yeah, this is a. Yeah, I got to see it. I think J.J. Abrams is like an executive producer to this. Yeah, as it's, well. it, yeah, but it's not a bad robot. His production company. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's good or bad. But assuming it's good, uh, it's kind of unfortunate. It's going up against the Grinch, which means it's not going to do so hot. <laughs> I don't know. I, I had a lot of hype behind it. I think this week. Well, yeah, um, I, I hope I'm wrong, um, yeah. but yeah. So, anyways, comics. We only had one bit of comic news. Uh, so we all remember the Old Man Logan universe. We've had Old Man Logan, and we've had Old Man Hawkeye. Well, now we're getting Old Man Quill. That's right, we're getting an old ass Star Man or Star Lord. <laughs> old old Star Man. Yeah. So. Old Man Quill, or Old Man Star-Lord, whatever you want to call it, is being brought to you by Ethan Sachs with art by Robert Gill. Um, Ethan Sachs is doing the Old Man Hawkeye book right now. You have any thoughts on this? (laughs) Um, I'm just trying to... I'm I'm going through my mind of like... The whole fun thing about Quill is he's just young and adventurous and not a gritty... Not like... He's not... I don't know. Like... uh, I feel like everything you're going to get out of an old man Peter Quill is what you're going to get out of like an old man Logan, right? He's just even more, he's old and he's like, you know, Clint Eastwood old, just on a porch, on a space porch somewhere. So (laughs) I don't know. How do you feel about it? I'm kind of indifferent, like come up with a new idea. I'm kind of a little bit indifferent too. I mean, old man Hawkeye seemed like a cool idea and I want to read it when it's all finished because it is a prequel to old man Logan. And I guess basically before he goes blind, he wants to kill the people that kind of, you know, ruin the world for everybody and ends up being that those people are the Thunderbolts. So you got me in at Thunderbolts. Yeah. That's like, that's a cool idea. Yeah. So I'm down with that. And Ethan Stacks wrote that book. I don't, I haven't read it yet. So I don't know if Peter Quill somehow connects into it. Assuming he does and there's a plan here, I'm for it. I don't mm-hmm. know if it really pulls me in, but you know, write the story you want to write. It f- does feel to me like we're at a point where, you know, if they announce old man Rogers or old man, <laughs> you know, Stark or something yeah, like that yeah. afterwards, it's just like, okay, okay, wait, you, you had a good thing, let it rest. <laughs> old, old granny widow or something. I don't know. Yeah, which, you know, neither company is that great, but Marvel especially, they when they have a good idea, they don't really know how to just kind of let it go. <laughs> all right, move on to something else. <laughs> yeah, so, yep, that was all the comic news. So, Mike, let's start with what you've been reading this week. Uh, I did check out a book that you told me to read, um, the Image Comic. Do you have it with you? I, I, um, I do. Outer, outer Limits, was that it? 
Outer Darkness. Outer Darkness. Uh, yeah, it was, it was recommended to, uh, to me by Chris last week, Image Book. Um, it was good. I liked it, but it wasn't what I expected. I, I was I was picturing like sci-fi horror, and we talked about last episode. Oh, like uh, um, oh no, it wasn't on the episode. I think you told me off off the record about the book. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. I I get like Han Solo. It's basically like Han Solo vibes. Uh, he's a he's like a delinquent um, space captain that he has to go to the outer the outer darkness, which is a part of like part of space where there's demons and stuff, and like nobody goes there. But um, the whole purpose of you find out at the end of the book is like his wife or girlfriend is dead, and he's going back there to try to get her back, like resurrect her, do some crazy dark magic. Yeah. Um, so th- this book was when I got the solicit email, it was solicit is kind of a horror book yeah. where like hauntings and possessions and demons were a real thing. And th- those all being true, I pictured something different when I was, mm-hmm. so that's why I was suggested to you. Yeah. yeah I, get, it, I get it. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I checked it out because I like uh, John Lehman and he's the one that wrote it. I thought the art was really cool and mm-hmm. I like some of the concepts going on here. Like, you know, they went into the one space where um, there was kind of these spirits that were taking over people and possessing them. And there was like some exorcist vibes going on. Um, mm-hmm. The, the engine they use was like a God, they call it a God engine. And there was actually a God inside of it that they had to sacrifice yeah. people to. Yeah. They like throw people in his fuel. That was awesome. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to keep reading it too. I did not expect to read it or like it as much as I did. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Batman. Oh, geez. I forget the number. It's one of the, it's, it's 50 something, 52, I believe. Um, basically the, uh, the penguin goes to great lengths to, uh, to try to assassinate Alfred. And by the end of the book, Batman goes to penguin and, uh, penguins like, hold on a second. And they're like, uh, and he's, he's on the phone with the guys about to kill Alfred and he tells them to kill themselves and not kill Alfred. And, uh, then he has like a proposition for Batman. And I don't know if that's because like penguin is going to like, basically Bane called him and said, you got to do something. I don't know if this is because penguin wants to kill Bane. He's like tired of like being under his thumb or if he is trying to put some, some plan and action to, uh, to try to, I don't know to try to overthrow Bane or if like, I don't know. It, we'll see, but it was a good episode. It was a good episode. It was a good issue. Um, it shows how cool penguin is. Uh, we don't get enough penguin. I think uh, enough serious penguin to where it's like, okay, he's, mm. he's a penguin. He's kind of a joke, but um, he's actually pretty, pretty terrifying in this issue, which was cool to see uh, justice league. Number 11, uh, another part of drowned earth. Oh Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, kind of focuses on Mara and how she thinks she made a big mistake and now she's got to own up to it. So they go to find the weapon, the 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 great evil water. Oh, it's already been taken from the vault. Um, so you have that. And it, so, you know, I realized in the book, they go to the desert, right, to find this, to find this weapon. Kind of like they do in the trailer for Aquaman. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if they're just trying to like get all the fans on board with like, see, there could be land. <laughs> <laughs> like it would make sense to hide it in the desert. Like they're trying to really drive that idea home, I think. And which I mean, I <laughs> very similar to the Aquaman. I don't know if it's going to be similar to the plot where they have to stop an evil force. And where is it locked away? It's locked away in the desert, you know? Um, yeah. So that was, that was cool. And then the other half of the issue, you have uh, Aquaman and, and Wonder Woman, um, uh, Aquaman is about to throw the ring in, in Mordor and I, oh, sorry. I mean, um, <laughs> he's about to, uh, <laughs> he's about to get thrown into this like interdimensional pool at like the bottom of the ocean that it, it just goes beyond all space and time. And, uh, Wonder Woman kind of saves him on her, her like <laughs> flying golden sailboat that we never really hear where she get this, gets it from. Um, Along with her but, two-headed bird that we never... Yeah, two-headed, like, bird god thing. Whatever. Hey, cool. I mean, she's Amazonian. You don't want to ask questions about that. Um, but, yeah, and so they, they find Poseidon, and Poseidon's all old and crippled, like, locked away in a vault. And yeah, he uh, 
And Aquaman's like, hey, we need your help. And he's like, if you think I'm going to help you, you're dumb. And then he and then he stabs him in the chest. Like, two-page spread stabs him in the chest. It's a big old stab. It's like an Invincible panel. I would call that one. If anybody ever read Invincible by Kirkman, that's that's an Invincible panel. Yeah. And Aquaman's uh, obviously dead because there's not another series coming soon from a different writer. Yeah, he's definitely dead. I mean, he's... <laughs> No coming back. He just killed one of the big five. Uh, yeah, and then at the end, Batman's trying to get away in his floating wheelchair with uh, with Jaro, the mini Starro that he keeps in a jar. <laughs> um, because he's still trapped in uh, the um, Hall of Justice, and it's flooding, and he's trying to keep the totality. He's like, the totality's safe, but the hall is doomed. And then... And then little do we know is double entendre because he's doomed as well as the Legion of Doom kicks down the door. <laughs> and they like kick him out of his like floating wheelchair. And it's like, uh, I'm excited though. Cause you know, you know how well Scott Snyder writes Batman and yeah. next week's issue is Batman versus the Legion of Doom. So I'm really curious to see how crippled Batman gets himself out of the situation. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed this issue yeah, but altogether, the the highs and lows of this uh, event have been kind of ridiculous. It yeah. started off really good and had a really great tie-in book, and I'm slowly losing interest in it. I want to finish mm-hmm. it because it's Aquaman related. Yeah, but I really think they went off the rails here on this. And I agree with you. I am down for next week's issue because Batman's the center of point of it, but. We've only got this, the next issue, a tie-in issue, and then a prelude yeah. to finish the story. So, I, yeah, it's it's upsetting. This story had so much potential, and maybe it lives up to it in the next couple issues, but it seems like it's uh, kind of falling in my eyes. But um, Well, I, I'll save Green Lantern for last. Uh, Death of Inhumans, number five. That was a great final issue. Uh, it kind of sped up at the end, and though it was like four issues of like, at least it seemed kind of rushed to me, but it was like four issues of kind of like building this villain. And then the fifth issue, they're just like, all right, we resolved it. You know, um, probably my least favorite. I mean, up and up those four first four issues were great. And then this last issue was kind of like my least favorite Donny Cates issue. I think, I don't know. What do you think? Did not get a chance to read it because I thought oh, okay. it came out. Um, yeah, so it's it wraps everything up. Basically, everybody's still alive. <laughs> everybody, everybody lives happily ever after. Kind of. I mean, you can't kill off Lockjaw. It's just, uh, and he resolves everything with one final scream. So, as one does, they really don't explain like how he just kind of goes in the room, screams, and everybody's back. To, I don't know. It's it, <laughs> it's a lot of comic book science going out of that issue. The best part of the issue for me, though, is uh, Black Bolt's talking sign language to everyone, like a really heartfelt moment. And then Beta Ray Bill's like, what did he say? I don't understand sign language. <laughs> uh, it was pretty awesome. Uh, and then I just have and then I just have Green Lantern to talk about. So so I'll jump through a few of mine, then we'll get to Green Lantern. Speaking yeah. of Donny Cates, we've got Marvel Knights number one. Uh, this is the six-issue <laughs> miniseries he's doing. Mm-hmm. And... So my Marvel Knights knowledge is not the best, uh, although I do have a connection to Marvel Knights because it's some of the first comics I read. Um, I don't know the complete history of it, so someone out there screaming at their iPod or phone right now. But basically, we're at the point where all the heroes don't really know who they are. And we find Daredevil at the, the grave of Karen Page. He has no clue who he is. He has no clue who Karen Page is. And is trying to figure out what's going on when all of a sudden Punisher shows up. And Punisher doesn't know who he is, but he knows he has to find Daredevil. And he finds Daredevil. They kind of fight it out. And there's a few scuffles in here. We get to meet kind of the cast of characters. So it's him, Punisher, um, Bruce Banner's in the car with Punisher. Uh, They got their orders from Kingpin. Kingpin doesn't know who he is. We end up finding cool. out that this is all being helmed by Doctor Doom in the end. So it was a disappointing issue because 
it was just a lot of questions, but mm-hmm. that might yeah. not be a bad thing in the long run. Um, but in the short run, it was kind of like, I, I want the next issue so I know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll find out. So we'll see. That might be one that people want to wait for trade on. Um, Sounds like you got a doomsday clock on your hand. It possibly. Yeah. <laughs> but this one might come out on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But- well, to be fair, six different artists, each artist doing their own issue. And none of them are Gary Frank, so they might come out on time. Oh, man. Gary Frank, I love your art, but you're slow as hell. Yeah. Um, Then I got Walking Dead 185. So a couple things we learned in this issue. One, Carl fucks a lot in this issue. And (laughs) two. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, there's a whole conversation between him and I forget her name, but about how Carl's just getting tons of pussy. Just all of it. Yeah, and she's just she's going on about like uh, trying to figure out who she can fuck in the camp. What? Yeah. Is this the is this Kevin Smith's Walking Dead? <laughs> I I feel like it is. The thing is, is if, if nobody knows. Um, if you listen to Smodcast, Kirkman did go on Smodcast with Kevin Smith. I want to know really? if this book was written before or after. <laughs> he, but, he's like, I got an idea for an issue, Kirkman. Like just this is so much, out of the element. Just talk about Carl and how much he fucks. <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> um, and then we get kind of a moment back in the the settlement where Rick and Michonne are out to dinner and they're talking like how things feel so normal. And Rick is kind of moved to tears because they're at this diner and they're being served food and it's kind of like he's going back to before the apocalypse. Yeah. Fast forward, um, there's rumors that, because Dwight wants to kind of start a revolution and take over the town, uh, Rick's against it, and Dwight gets arrested trying to basically rile up a bunch of people. Rick goes in to talk to him, and when he's done, he's just like, we can't do this, you you know, we've got to let these people be. And the head guard that we found, what, five, six issues ago, mm-hmm. he walks up to Rick and goes, no, Rick Grimes is the leader this colony needs so yeah something's gonna happen there yep i don't know uh, that, that that does i'm sorry but that issue of how much carl's getting laid will not get me to come back to the walking dead <laughs> <laughs> things i didn't need to know you know <laughs> like man i wish i stayed out for 10 more issues to find that out <laughs> yeah you needed it man you needed it oh uh, god Anyways. uh Infinity Wars number five. Uh, the basics of this is Loki gets all the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. and we get kind of a history of where the Infinity Stones came from and why they exist. Um, and surprise, Loki turns his back on everybody when he's trying to save. Ah, uh, the trickster god tricks everyone again. Yeah, you think people would learn, right? Yeah. Uh, James Bond 007 number one. This is Greg Pak's ongoing series he's doing. Really good, lots of action. Um and it's Bond in Korea. Nice. Uh, that's really all there is to it. He gets into a fight with uh, another agent from somewhere else. Uh, we don't know who it is, except we we know exactly who it is. Um, it's odd job. Everybody. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it odd job? It's odd job. He's, he's in Korea, right? <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, and my last floppy is uh, Star Wars Han Solo Imperial Cadet. Um, my advice is skip this issue and just buy issue two because literally all we did was go to the movie entire first half of the solo movie. Um, the only thing we found out was near the end, we get kind of Han in training camp and he decides that he doesn't need to go through training camp. He's already the, the best pilot in the galaxy. So he steals a tie fighter and runs away with it. Um, and a bunch of other TIE fighters shoot him down. And he ends the issue being surrounded by stormtroopers with guns drawn on him. And he's kind of like, sorry, guys. Um, nice. Yeah, so kind of a disappointing uh, issue. But And then I got a couple trades. I This week, I finally got around to reading Earth One Green Lantern. And oh, I really nice. liked it. I hope they do more of it. Um, it definitely ended in a way that begs for more. And yeah, uh, it was good. it was a kind of a different way to do Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot to talk about this last week. 
but I uh, read Batman the Justice League Volume 1. This was the uh, manga done by Shiori Teshiago. Oh, yeah, the Batman the Justice League manga. Yeah, how's that? Yeah. So if you like manga, it's good. It's not going to bring anyone that's not a manga fan into manga. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone doesn't know, I do enjoy the occasional manga. I do have some that I like. Um, but this it has a very Japanese feel. Um, it's but what was cool about it is it was all those heroes we know and love, and they're done a mm-hmm. Japanese way. And so it's kind of a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, it does do kind of the cardinal sin of manga, which is let's take this story and just throw a Japanese character in it. And your yeah. kind of lead character, the person who's bringing you through Gotham, is a Japanese boy who's coming from Japan to America. <laughs> yeah. But they, they kind of slowly push that to the side. And uh, mm-hmm. it ends in a way that, I mean, leads into a second volume, but it mm-hmm. leads into a second volume where Ocean Master is the villain. So, Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. If you like manga and you like superheroes, it's a good fit. So let's talk about uh, Green Lantern. Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp's uh, Green Lantern. Beware my power. Um, the intergalactic lawman. This issue, man. Let's just... Okay, from like the art. Number one, the I think we talked about like if Graham Morris is doing Green Lantern, I want as many aliens as you can fit. And I think we got for a five dollar issue. I haven't counted them, but there's at least fifty to sixty aliens in this book. Alien races. Yeah. Um. The I mean the issue starts off with. Uh, a fight between a Green Lantern and some villains, and the art is just, it's so classic, but it's not, it's like a I don't know how to describe it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like It has a very 80s, 70s feel to it, especially in some yeah. of the lettering. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just, it makes it feel right at home with uh, like Alan Moore's Green Lantern core. Yeah, yeah, Alan Moore, that's what I'm yeah. getting, yeah. And it makes me wish that this was a Green Lantern um, Corps movie, although, or, I mean, series, although I do really enjoy where the story leads off. I'll let you continue. Yeah, it's just really cool. I mean, we find out, uh, you know, Hal Jordan has been kicked out of the corpse, but, um, the core, but, it, and we know that, oh, well, there's there suddenly is a reason for him to come back. And you could tell, I mean, by the way, by the way, Morrison writes his character, like he's a seasoned veteran of like he knows alien races by heart i mean he knows their weaknesses he knows the uh like the capabilities of his ring what he can do i mean he's and then you know he kind of has a conversation um with uh with the the guardians about like this you know someone who's gonna um is gonna come take over them or just lead to their destruction right and they they think it's him yeah um and what they don't know is you know at the the very end of the issue we actually get a look at the uh the dark stars right um or the uh black um, stars black stars sorry yeah the black stars who are rebuilding um the weapon ear which if anybody remembers it's uh grant morrison's um uh, Grant Morrison's run of Justice League, uh, Rock of the Rock of Ages, I believe. It, I don't know if it's in the Rock of Ages portion, but it's in Grant Morrison's Justice League somewhere. He uses the weapon here. Um, but yeah, so the rebuilding, like the the evil Hal Jordan. <laughs> um, it's awesome. It was a great first issue. I yeah, I have no complaints at all. It's yeah. I hope that uh, they stay in space. That's my only yeah right. Uh, Stay in space, there, please. Is uh, Liam Sharp's art was fantastic in the first and second half of the or first half and second portion of the book mm-hmm. because the space stuff fits his style so well. When they were on Earth, it felt weird. I don't know. It's hard to explain, yeah. but it yeah. just didn't work with his style. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like that's the plan. Um, there's also a two-page spread at the end of the book that just says coming soon. Yeah. And they show different images. And 
so, I mean, I'm not a huge DC nerd, so I don't know a ton, but we see a Broken Lantern. Uh, yep. We see a bunch of known faces, including what looks like Batman and um, Robin with Green Lantern symbols. And then my favorite is that they tease that Green Lantern and Green Arrow are going to team up at some point. Yeah. So, and I, I think those are the Furies, too, from Apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. Or te- I don't know what that. It's like, how do all these connect? I have no idea, but Gra- I'm sure Grant Morrison is <laughs> like it, the Furies, a Green Arrow, Green Lantern team up and a universe that has all Green Lantern versions of DC heroes. And it. It's worth pointing out that this is one issue, but it didn't get to Grant Morrison-y. And yeah. It was what just I mean by that is there's there's Grant Morrison when he gets really weird and mm-hmm. out there, and that can be good. But there's also Grant Morrison when he's just writing a really great story and right. doesn't try to go too far off the rails. And it, after one issue... It feels like that's where he's going with this. So I definitely recommend checking it out, even if you're not a huge Grant Morrison fan. If for nothing yeah. else, the Liam Sharp art is worth it. Yeah, that man to own a page from that issue. Yeah, I really I'm serious. Like there's a run. Um, I have a collection and it's uh, stories from the DC universe of Alan Moore. And I mm-hmm. recommend that anybody who loves comics buy this, because first of all, it's got Killing Joke and his uh, Superman one shot he did that. Yeah, that was a good one shot that sell in their own on trades for like 15, 20 bucks. This whole book's like 20 bucks and it includes all of his stories from Green Lantern Corps um, book, which was literally just pick a Green Lantern Corps member and tell one shot story with them. Oh, I never read those. Those are some of my favorite Alan Moore stuff. Nobody oh. talks about it, but they're so good. He just picks one character, tells a quick story and it's just a ton of fun. I really hope at some point, even if it's just like a mini series or something, Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp jump on that idea and do it again. Because that first half where they were just exploring alien races was so yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. It was. So satisfied with that book. Can't wait to get more and more issues. So, Mike, speaking of being satisfied, if everybody wants to be satisfied on the internet, where's the best place to find you? <laughs> Oh, man, we're towing the line, but Fortress Ricker at Twitter. Where can they find you, Chris? You can find me at Fortress Chris, or you can find the show at FCN underscore official. And, of course, FortressComicNews.com, where everything we do is posted. Everything. Everything. So remember, everybody, if you're watching us on YouTube, to please give me a thumbs up down below and to comment down below, as well as share with your friends, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. And if you are listening to our beautiful voices... You might be listening to us on Spotify because we're finally oh, on Spotify. We're on the Spotify, and I have listened to an, uh, an episode from on there. It works. It works. It works, everybody. And you're probably enjoying the new album art that I worked so hard on. By that, I mean yeah. put two images together and posted it. But good stuff. It was good stuff. And uh, if, yeah, if you're listening to us, remember reviews, especially on iTunes, five-star reviews, helps us a ton, helps reach more people. And uh, it a great way to show your support for the show so i want to thank you all for listening and hope you all have a good week see you